0: You're listening to Brown on Brand, featuring Matthew Brown on Thumbstopper.fm.
1: All right, hello, hello. This is Matthew Brown with Brown on Brand, and today we're talking with evolving technology. And I have Leland and Shane in the studio this morning. What's going on? Welcome, guys. Good Good morning. morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us. You're very welcome. Um, one of the things I want to get into as uh, we talk about evolving technology a little bit and um, kind of you know, what you guys have going on there, which I think is very interesting because it's, it's somewhat parallel with what Thumbstopper does. I, uh, being a, a tech CEO, I'm always drawn to developers and, and kind of you know, you know, getting into the mindset of you know, what makes a, de- a developer tick. Sure, And we have a um, an actual podcast titled, uh, Fixing Problems Will Never End, The Life of a Developer. I hear and that. And at yeah. some point, I'd like to have you on that, maybe with one of my guys. There's a couple things that always come up in that podcast, Fixing Problems Will Never End. One is is that I always find that, for the most part, developers are very mechanical as well, mechanically minded. Mm-hmm. If, and And then it opens up the story that everybody has about taking, you know, I think one was they took a keyboard apart after Christmas and you know, while they wanted their parents to understand that that was a nice gift, what they wanted to know more is about what made it
0: work. What makes it tick. Yeah. yeah. I'm definitely a backyard scientist. Um, science mind, <laughs> Leland's laughing here, yeah. but yeah, gotcha. uh, we've known each other for a long time. So he's seen me through all the, the years of, of crazy backyard scientist
2: my, work. My wife refers to Shane as the mad scientist. Okay. He always all has right. experiments running in his house. Okay. Always okay. like, like, liquid
1: is. form. <laughs> I mean, or is there anything balling? Does it come out? There? All the above, yeah, for sure. Okay. Great. So you see some smoke and some magic. That's yeah. right. And, it, and as you know, today's topic, I wanted it to be around AI, right? Yeah. And um, I think what your product does, you know, has um, uh, some AI in it and some mm-hmm. potential to be really good AI that can both help. Um, you know, a retailer kind of be established as a thought leader mm-hmm. um, and do that in a way where they might not necessarily have to deploy all the resources necessary and the costs necessary to maintain that. And, and that's what evolving technology does before we go down that path, is that, you know, working into uh, development and being mechanically minded and really having kind of a love and a passion for uh, writing the code, What uh, when do
0: you get tired of it? How do you get a break from it? I'll tell you, this is probably not the right thing to say, but one of the beautiful things and that draws me to development entirely is laziness. I want to automate the boring daily chore. That is my um, grunt work. Okay. And, and that inspires me to write pieces that in development. What's the grunt work? I mean, in everything. i mean, I think in the beginning, it was uh, this is the 1990s. But you had a static web page, you had to go in there and update it every day. Okay, and so that inspired me motivated me to learn dynamic programming I and mean, actual real programming languages to just automate the right. The refreshing of a page, dynamic content. Right, and right. then it really gets into so much more than that. Over the years, anything I wanted to do that I was manually wrangling information. And I'd that be like,
1: arguably is the basis of AI.
0: You yeah. know what you just
1: described but as kind of the fundamental
0: people information. Don't, people don't describe it as laziness, but I know yeah. that's my motivation. Yeah. It's like, I have to do all this stuff. It would take me three hours. I could spend 20 minutes and write a program that just does it for me. Right. and. To some degree when i write a program and it's doing its job that's my break I, okay it, it's mm-hmm. self-sufficient and i love it
1: yeah absolutely and i'm all i you know it's it's i love ner- the nerd shop talk yeah. and uh i'm always intrigued by you know how we can move faster how we can gain kind of you know ai behind everything our reporting the way um content flows from our from our system why it flows and it's uh, we're in the process right now of hiring some uh, math people, mm-hmm. as Gary Vaynerchuk refers to him mm-hmm. as, and, and uh, you know, I think the easier uh, thing to understand maybe for the listeners and watchers um, are data analytical people mm-hmm. and helping us make decisions based on the data we have, which, you know, to Shane's point, will go back in turn, mm-hmm. you know, to build the machine to do some of those things that we'd, we we want to eliminate uh, the human side of the labor. So Leland, yeah. you know, who are you in the organization?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm the, the sales and marketing guy. Okay. Uh, so worked Now that's
1: the same thing, right? Building software and
2: sales and marketing is the exact same department. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Okay, we're we're identical in our personalities that's, and our strong... Leland Sar- We have to translate sarcasm <laughs> over the year. How was this thing born? Yeah, I mean, I Shane's had evolving tech for a long time. Okay. And, uh, you know, as I migrated more into the world of media... Um, audience data, uh, media automation. Okay, uh, We started talking about some ideas to monetize some of the digital properties that Shane had built out, kind of applying what I had learned from my career focus and, you know, what Shane so was Shane, Shane needed day. a sales guy. Shane needed a sales guy. And we just, okay. and we were just talking through kind of different opportunities to monetize what he had brought to the table. And actually this idea started off and a fairly distant place, and it just iterated over time to where we are so
1: today. So what problem did you see, Shane, when you, when you came up with this product?
0: Websites are stale. Um,
1: websites are stale. Business websites I'll are stale. I'll bet you James grabs on, and that's the title. Right. But,
0: but <laughs> social socials always going, right? I mean, it's constant feed of new information. But, you know, working in web dev, you know, and you get lots of business clients, every single one of them is stale. Not, what makes them stale? Lack of content, lack of, lack of content turnover,
2: lack of new content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, and, gotcha. And, and I think also that that content oftentimes isn't written for the audience. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's not. It's not reader centric. It's company centric. It's mm-hmm. used as a promotional channel. It's used as a means to sell product. It's not building thought to... leadership in the industry. Yeah. yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, evolving technology. How'd you solve it? What 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 is it you do? Well, we. That's where Leland should step yeah. in. Remember you need <laughs> remember you needed
2: the salesman. Uh, let's make him sweat for a minute. Okay. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Okay. No, you know, I, I think one of the one of the big challenges that I saw out there in paid media is that a lot of paid media just doesn't work. Okay. Um because paid media in a lot of its forms What's paid media. So, you know, ways paid channels to deploy your content. Out to your audience, or uh, you know, broader scale uh, reach. So, an example, paid media would be a billboard to a display ad. Okay, yeah, gotcha. To a to a native post, either physically or digitally, or all of the above. All of the above. Okay, so paid media is advertising. If if you've paid, exactly, advertising. Um, But so little of advertising dollars are are being spent on deploying. Content that, that can serve as a resource. Right. And I think that's a critical component of what we're trying most to do. Most advertising, it seems today, are hooks. Are and hooks. That, yeah.
1: And they're not jabs or thought leadership type. And the industry's changing. I mean, you look at the ads in the olden days of, and I love looking at the old muscle car ads, mm-hmm. and they're so tacky. It's the sunset and the firebird mm-hmm. and the beach and the. Desperado. You know, yeah. Yeah. Desperado. Exactly. And you know that we've had evolutions of how we consume and, and react to advertising, and that's happening quickly today—very quickly. The way we consume and
2: how we can consume at a much greater and faster mm-hmm. level. And I think the I think the flip side of the same coin is that you know uh, to reference uh, probably one of the smartest marketing minds I've ever met, Frank Grillo. Um, he always talks about how we're in the attention economy, okay. and I think that's one hundred percent accurate and how we as marketers serve as a resource for our audience and allow some self-selection in that process as opposed to trying to force you know uh, calls to action down people's throats um, is really critical in terms of how we build content how we look at the value of producing that content um, that reader centricity that we're trying to build into serving again as a resource and allowing you know some self-exploration down a path of research
1: okay great so websites being stale um, I'm guessing evolving technology
2: addresses that by doing what? Providing constant automation to um, you know content dynamic content. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and this thing's
1: an easy plug-in. So, is it? it does it become part of the website? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, this thing plugs in; it becomes part of the website. It's a content and, page. And is the it a site. major link
0: usually on the homepage where you'll click? What will the link say? It can be. I mean the the product that we offer is really a a page of content, Um, and it is, you know, again, fully automated, updates every day, um, designed for the business, what they want to speak to their audience for. Right. Um, So, I mean, it can be embedded kind of anywhere. Um, Okay. Often -hmm. it's kind of... and And I've
1: seen the product, and to me it looks like a blog it yeah, is right it, yeah it, it it looks like what the part of the website and sometimes you have it on the homepage, and sometimes you have it in a, a layered place that you need to get to from a link from the homepage. right and sometimes it's in a destination that sits on its own that allows to be another subsite. right it could work all of the above
0: yeah it's very analogous to a blog but also can be how how do i get over separate.
1: being nervous about turning over part of my website as a small business to evolving technology to decide what they're going to put into that blog that's gonna make me look more professional than I than I do today.
0: All right, go ahead. Yeah, and we ahead. we work with the client. There's a period of, you know, developing the feed where they actually have approval and they can, you know, curation control over okay. you know, Here's an example of what it looks like today. They can kind of say yes and no. To Who's an
1: example of a business? Give me an example.
2: Uh there's a
0: real awesome example. Digital marketing. Simmons. They serve the multifamily development
2: industry. Okay. Um they were having real trouble getting their audience to stick. You know, the reality is Simmons sells plumbing fixtures and valves. There are only so many pictures pictures you can look at of plumbing fixtures and valves. So the core of their issue was they weren't really addressing their audience. And that's when we go back to building a resource with crystal clear vision on who your audience. So is. what
1: did you put on their website that that so that we, had them looking past we, fixtures
2: and valves? we built a feed a multifamily development news for okay. um And what'd you find out what would what the, the system tell you? Uh, I mean, the results were incredible. Yeah. We looked at a bounce rate that diminished and and for people that don't know, bounce rate is the amount of people that hit your website and and immediately and drop off or don't take right. further or that bounce. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh you know, bounce rate diminished by like two hundred percent. We cut it in half. Yeah, yeah. that's a rap, that's a rap term that you technical guys have taken from the rappers. <laughs> Come on, let's bounce. Let's bounce. Yeah, uh, They deploy the feed via email. Uh, email open rates, ju- you know, jumped up to like over forty three percent. Their okay. their well, average huge. was twenty. You know, just that's over twenty percent. But the the long and short yeah. of it was, I mean, despite the you know specificity of analytics, is that all of a sudden they keyed into their audience. Their audience was sticking, yeah. and they were coming back. Okay, and what has precipitated out of that process is now they're getting meeting re- meeting requests. They're yeah. getting case study downloads. They're getting all of this stuff because they served as a resource to their audience and they clued into what is it that these people want to look at. It's not us. You're yeah. getting true it's, user engagement yeah. now. Yeah, and
1: and so is so is the the AI part of it, the artificial intelligence, is that it is is it taking the data and then you're tweaking that data? Are you involved in the AI? Is this thing doing some things on its own that's becoming smarter? I'm guessing you're tied to a tremendous number of places that you either aggregate content from or scrape mm-hmm. content from, and you organize that in a fashion that looks professional on the website. Mm-hmm. What are you doing with the data? I mean, is it is it you doing it, or 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 back? are you back in the business like the video game days where you're trying to get the website to do its own thing so you don't have to maintain it?
0: So yes and yes. Okay. Um you know in the beginning each one of these client AIs is you know has zero experience of the world so to speak. Right. So yes there is some manual education that is initiated there. Um and that's actually at the phase where the client can have you know actually the client can have curational control throughout. But in the beginning it's important that we get a decent picture of what their vision is so how big of a deal it. is
1: it i mean how much of a pain in the ass you come to me as a small business um how much of my time are you going to take you know fiddling around send me, my input?
0: send me five links that are examples of what you find valuable or what your example is and we can take mm-hmm. that and expand it out to a daily update of similar content yeah. So okay. the level Beautiful. of effort That's to send me easy. a couple links. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm guessing you'll get to the point where the onboarding process will include that or does that today for a small business? Is it pretty easy? Right? I mean, I mean they don't
0: have to send us links, they can tell us we're looking for X, Y, and Z okay. and we can figure so it out. So the onboarding yeah.
1: process right now is is you personally touch each retailer that's coming onto evolving technology, uh-huh. yep. and and that you you have some things that you need to do while onboarding them that are gonna make the system work very well. Mm-hmm. And in turn, what a small business is going to get is a presence of thought leadership type content around their industries or focused on engaging and minimizing the bounce, right, of, of, of the consumer or user that finds their website. So can we talk price? Yeah, sure. Are you, uh, do you, you just a retail, are you only retailing it? Do you have resellers? Is there? All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, Well, let's talk about the retailer price. Like if I were a retailer and I, and I I hear this and I say, you know, uh, you know, I'm a a law office or, mm -hmm. you know, a salon or, you know, I'm trying to think of businesses that need that. I mean, a power sports dealer is
2: one that touches me that we have. Yep. So
1: what's the price? Yeah.
2: So we, we really tried to break it down into who our core audience groups are okay. um, and how do we best facilitate a um, you know, value proposition to those. So we looked at small businesses, you know, mom and pop shops, sure. uh, and we created what we call group feeds. And these cover a wide variety of verticals of topical interest sets that we pre-built. So a great example of that is residential real estate. You know, There are several million residential realtors out there across the U.S. Uh, mostly about 400 of them are doing any work, <laughs> right? Well, that's not that's not far off based on the stats that we saw um, They they may be awesome at selling homes They're not so great at keeping up on their on their content on their website So sure. we built a residential real estate feed based on what home buyers and sellers are interested in, you know top 10 ways to maximize ROI on a bathroom renovation, uh, 10 colors to paint your house for to speed up the wow, sales process, thought, stuff like I, that. I
1: didn't think about that. But for the realtor side of the game, um, you know, the uh, they are absolutely somebody that needs help with staying organized and Absolute, staying relevant. Absolutely. It's a lot of work.
0: It's a lot of and, work. And the content can really be more than how to buy a home or how to sell a home. It's more about engaging the end users to dream about buying or selling right. a home get them motivated, yeah. get them excited, Right. Um, get them dreaming. Yeah, and, and that's it's to keep them
2: engaged on your site. That's and, what
0: this that's whole product engagement. does. Yeah,
1: yeah. so, so, so sorry, sorry. yeah, just
2: so for the price point thing, you know, depending on the vertical that we've covered through a group feed, it may be as little as like 50 bucks a month all the way up to 250 a month. Oh,
1: wow, this is inexpensive. Yeah, can okay. be. For group feeds. For group feeds. Okay. And, so then, we, and yeah. then
2: we get into our completely custom feeds, which are more geared for like, you
0: Business. know,
2: mid to enterprise level organizations. Um, you know, some verticals are a lot harder to cover and and require a lot more upfront time from Shane, frankly, and then ongoing training to make sure that, you know, you mentioned firearms as that news cycle changes that we're keeping up relative to sentiment, relative to the types of articles and news that's being published. Not sharing competitive information. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, custom feeds typically range from 800 to 2,500 bucks a month. Okay. Um, And that includes, you know, again, as much relatively affordable comparative to a human body. I was just gonna say to do this. Yeah, when you think about the staff, uh, just required there's a savings there. You know, if an organization lands one client, we talk about Simmons, you know, these guys build or sell to people that need, you know, 1,000 shower heads for a condo that they're building. If they land one contract because they they generate engagement through mm-hmm. relevant information, yeah. it paid for the deal. You know, so Beautiful. I mean there's a there's a ton of value there. And then of course we also have a monetized model which is based on RevShare and, and that's a really interesting adaptation to to paid media or advertising, yeah, leveraging so content. So within, for, within for a small business that falls into a group or pool of information around their
1: vertical or industry. It could be as low as two hundred, or I'm sorry, as low, low as fifty, 50 dollars, all the way to two fifty, and then for businesses that require maybe a little bit more hands on, both on the onboarding side and kind of the operational side of it, to uh, that can range from what again? Eight hundred to about twenty five hundred dollars a month. So between two fifty and eight hundred, does anybody fall in that category? I you're mean in, i you're think they're in a group and pool of content or you're in what would be called a, or you're a, in a custom. custom yeah custom i
2: mean content. we, do, we okay. do look for opportunities you know when somebody comes to us with a with a need that may really start off as a custom request but yeah. then we internalize the ask a bit you know um, with each other and say are there is there an opportunity for a scaled approach to this vertical yeah
1: you like the group product i would think from an ai standpoint right because then you can be working on a subset of accounts and data and flowing. Mm -hmm. And so so I would think that in the future, as a real estate agent, for example, um, if you had a million of those real estate agents on board and lots of data coming in, Mm -hmm. you would logistically then be able to create the AI on how to make that content geo-specific, et cetera.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. The more we've talked to individual client requirements, even though they're kind of under the same umbrella, People really have their specific requirements. Um, You know, we've probably built out three iterations of healthy living with slightly different viewpoints, one from a vegan perspective, one from an exercise perspective, but they're all kind of under this healthy living. I'm not sure that one group feed would work for all of them. You know, they are Mm -hmm. subtle differences. And so the custom feed is really great for a business who has a desire, they wanna speak to their audience and we can do it, you know, and we can do it for them perfect yeah perfect well it's nice to have something that's a unique unique set of content that's out there that no one else is you know yeah Yeah.
2: so i was just going to say something that's been interesting out of the process too and you know you're talking about data that's kind of exhausted from the program and how we use that is that as uh the technology reviews just you know tens of thousands of data sources and content themes it begins to bucket out additional themes And help us recognize and i think a great example of that is like all of a sudden you found that in our content library looking past you know looking out over the last six months or so these themes around employment you know uh uh, employment from the potential employees perspective but also employment from a human capital management perspective you know kind of emanated out so shane i remember called me one day and he was like hey i'm seeing a ton of articles on you know x y and z do you think we ought to bucket these articles and try and try and perpetuate a group feed approach to that. And so it's interesting how the data begins to compound and almost self-create these, you know, additional buckets of information that then we either, you know, put out there from the perspective of, you know, hey, how much your
1: content gets used. Sounds like you're you're curating a ton of content. What a percentage ton. of it do you think actually makes oh. it out and is interesting? I, I read, I, you know, it's I have to search through a hundred things before there's something that's yeah. interesting to me. I mean, the yeah. amount of people that are creating content, me, right, right, that, that might be boring but uh, that's to easy. some. The
0: the on any given feed, I mean, a client can choose to show how many results they want. So I mean, you can get up to you know thirty or forty results, yeah. but that's not useful for a real website. Yeah. You know, you get like ten what or percentage twelve percentage
1: of it's thrown away.
0: I mean, 12's kept out of forty thousand per day per client. Oh, wow. So yeah. you show the top oh, yeah. 12 relevant. Okay,
1: somebody at home with a calculator can do that. Yeah. 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 So there's okay. a lot of junk. Yes. Small percentage gets used. Very small. It makes or, sense.
0: Or a small percentage is truly applicable and relevant to that client. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah absolutely. Or, or
2: most importantly, their audience, the people mm-hmm. they're trying to speak right, to. Right. Yeah. 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 And, you, you know, you mentioned something that I, that I think is also really important, you know, relative to going back to the comment about websites being stale um you know part of what we try to do even for people that are great at self-publishing content is increase depth and breadth of content right. and also help increase editorial quality because i think that you know you kind of joked around about something but it's the reality of what we see out there oftentimes when you think about content production what happens is it, it, it falls on nobody's plate specifically mm-hmm. and in a lot of organizations You know what happens is the interns come in and they're like great intern write a blog post right this intern has no clue what the you know they or a very surface level view right yeah and so the editorial quality declines or suffers on the site and it's expensive and it's expensive Mm -hmm. when you think about all the things that that intern could be doing for you even if it's even if it's a free internship sure think about the value that you just lost because you just relegated that intern off to writing some blog posts that you don't, you're not really invested in, you don't care, you're just going through the basis so, of getting content on this. On so it's website. So what's really
0: nice about the AI in this perspective also is that once you get it headed down the right direction, it's relatively consistent. Um, you know, interns can, you know, when, when they're looking at, what am I gonna talk about, what am I gonna do, can technically be all over the place depending on mm-hmm. how they feel at that time. Sure. Um, you know, once this is kind of going well, um, it's reliable and consistent yeah, it's delivering right, the same right. you know yeah that's yeah. a
2: big that is a big deal consistency mm-hmm. is huge to yeah. your point yeah. yeah absolutely and i think you know some of the other stuff and you know this is right up your alley you know how do you perpetuate your social presence you know sure. where are you where are you pulling content from i mean there are only so many times you can comment on your own product that's where your parallel with thumb stopper i mean the amount 100%. of you know we're aggregating content from the
1: brand so our job is a, a little bit easier um, but we do have products that aggregate the content from the cloud that help the retailers yeah. on our lot vantage side. And, uh, and that's, that's provided by Thumbstopper, but it's, it's very parallel. And that's what really, you know, piqued my interest in evolving yeah. technology. And, and I really wanted to get you guys over to the, the podcast studio to talk about it. Because I think, to your point, I agree with you. I not only think websites are stale, I think because they're stale they're dying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, this is definitely a way to give the website some nutrients. Um, You know, I I preach to brands and retailers all day. Uh, You know, when people Google your business, they're going to find you in a couple ways. One would be your website. Mm -hmm. um, But ahead of that might even be your social media page. 100% And if and if people get to your social media page, and it's stale, that's when they're going to bounce. Yep, right. Back totally to, back to the term bounce and um websites i've been you know preaching it for a couple of years so you guys really piqued my interest when you started talking about that i couldn't be more parallel with it um and and i think um websites need some new nutrients and yeah. need to be reinvigorated mm-hmm. especially at the small business level i think some of the the very large websites are obviously investing you know heavy they're, capital they're putting
0: money into it. Yeah, they putting, have it yeah
1: yeah and they hire the professional writers and they create the content totally. and they have it but for the smaller business and the smaller segments, I think that's where evolving technology really fits in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's affordable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because that's what you're weighing it against. I, ha- I have to have a human body, mm-hmm. and that's thousands of dollars a month, no matter how you look at it. And it's just a matter of how many thousands. So for a few hundred dollars, you could have a presence that gives you thought leadership and a blog. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic product. Yeah, Thank yeah you. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything I missed? Anything we want to... Uh, Any more dark, deep secrets? uh, That'll top the mullet? I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when I first heard mullet, I go, man, this is going to be a good story. It probably (laughs) involves, uh, you know, like a a Plymouth Duster. And a Uh, a haircut. Yeah, and a haircut. Joe Dirt. Yeah. (laughs) I think I have that. Hold on. Let me see if I have that. There we go, baby. All right. That's funny. All right, guys, thanks again for coming in today. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, man, thank you. It, was, yeah. it was fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I think what uh, you guys are doing, I think it's going to be a huge success, and can, or continue to be successful, Yeah, a huge success. We're excited. And uh, appreciate it. So yeah. signing out. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening, and remember, subscribe to Brown on Brand at thumbstopper.fm or wherever fine podcasts can be found.